Did you find any Cobb Vanth fan fiction? Um, yeah. Did you want to read it? <laughs> um... Hello everybody, welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we are going to be talking about more Mandalorian. We have episodes 10 and 11. No, 11 and 12. We have episodes 11 and 12. We also got The Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view and the Lego Holiday Special. So we have a lot to share with you guys today. But before we get started with that, I do wanted to say right off the bat that episode 12 does feature Gina Carano, which we are not happy about. We don't like Gina Carano at all. But if you wanted to donate to these two amazing causes, that would be very, very helpful. So the first one is the Trans Rights Are Humans Rights This Is The Way Foundation, and then we also have the Homeless Black Trans Women's Fund. Uh, You can find links to both of those down in the description. Those are really great organizations, and we really hope that you guys can help out with those. Mm -hmm. So for starters, um, we don't really have any recs this week. (laughs) No, we were talking about this. Um, We haven't really watched or read anything worth talking about not really yeah we keep like a a list of movies where we like trade back and forth like you have to watch this i have to watch this and like she did watch penelope and i watched the notebook i liked penelope a lot so like that's that's good but i I, i'm assuming a lot of people listening have have probably seen it um penelope is really good i i haven't seen it in a long time Mm mm-hmm um but I knew you wouldn't like I was just like you need to watch the notebook because it's like like I don't know how you haven't watched it not because I thought you would enjoy it (laughs) I it's not so like I didn't not like it I liked parts of this movie but the parts of it that I liked I had seen oh okay (laughs) like I'd seen like clips of it but I I completely like the whole time I was watching it I was like I know why Alex loved this movie I know why teenage Alex. As, like, Alex. a 13-year-old. Yes. Yeah. Well, because child Alex loved Anne of Green Gables, and I feel like this was the next logical step. <laughs> like, the whole time yeah. I was watching it, less, I was like, this just um, makes sense. Anne is less sad. <laughs> He's less sad. Um, just as angsty, but not as, like, sad at the end. Well, like, I kept thinking about, like, it, it also kind of reminds me of, like, Little Women um, yeah. with, like, Joe and all that. When it was like the, it came to her trying to make the decision between like having this life and being with him yeah. and all that, it, like I was like, yes, like this with is, James Marsden. Yes, it's reminded me. And when I saw him, I like had an out of body experience. Yeah, you were like, oh no, choose him. Listen, I really like him. I really like Twenty Seven yeah. Dresses. It's a really, <laughs> really good like movie. Enchanted. Let's wreck that. Let's wreck Enchanted. Just had their anniversary. Their thirteenth, yes. I think. I think so. Anniversary, and um, what else is he in? Hairspray. He is in Twenty Seven Dresses. <laughs> so you know, he. I mean, he's a cutie. Like, listen, I understand 
I I understand Ryan Gosling and he had that beard look going on and all that, but like this other man, stable job, <laughs> those blue eyes. <laughs> so um, that was a bit of a detour off of Star Wars, but watch James Morrison movies is. <laughs> oh my god! You know what else oh, he's in? He's in Westworld. <laughs> Westworld, like yes. what saying? I love him in Westworld. Oh, Teddy. his character is so good. Yeah. Oh, he's so he's, baby in Westworld. I know. Oh. I don't like where his ending, but no. that's okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, back to Star Wars. Um, something that we can wreck is The Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view. Alex is not done with this book. You have read about like the 10 Hoth or 11? Section, uh, 12? I don't know. I actually really enjoyed this book. I liked it a lot more than the A New Hope one. I feel like mm-hmm. so many more of these stories, like, just kind of jumped out at me. Yeah. Um, which was really nice. And I kind of felt like they all kind of w- wove together in an interesting way. So I would definitely recommend uh, picking this book up for sure. Mm-hmm. So in the um, Hoth section, which one was your favorite? My favorite is probably the Hank Green one. And it might be my favorite one out of the whole book. I know. I was kind of surprised because in the Hoth section, we also get, like, R.F. Kuang's story. We get Kirsten White, which I really loved theirs. Theirs were also very, very good. But I don't know. Just something about um, Hank Green's. It was just about, like, this, like, naturalist, this biologist Mm -hmm. who is on Hoth. And he's learning about, like, these worms. And I don't know. It was just really cute. I really liked it. I am going to be terrible, and I'm going to, like, get us off of the subject again. That's but okay. But we do have a wreck. A Hank Green wreck. <gasps> we do. Oh, my God. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> We've been watching the Lizzie Bennet Diaries on YouTube because totally Christopher Sean, so we're connecting it to Star Wars. Christopher Sean is in it. Mm-hmm. It is Star Wars. Baby Boy Kaz is in it. Um, neither Bing of us are Lee. done. Bingley. Um, neither of us are done, but we both really enjoy it, I think. <laughs> it's so, like, it is so YouTube, like, 2013, like, yeah. that vibe. It's, it's very funny to, like, see it and just, like, the VidCon stuff and all of that. But I, I it is so interesting. I do think, so I read this book called Tosh Hart's Tolstoy. Hate it. Do not recommend. Please don't read it. It's It gives asexual people a really bad name. Um, but that was so clearly a ripoff of the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. So clearly a ripoff. Oh. I, I totally see that now. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, then we'll have to hop back to Fatpov now because I derailed us again. Um, <laughs> but my favorite was, um, what is it called? A, a, a Good Kiss? Yeah. <laughs> The C.B. Lee Lee story. Mm -hmm. And you were like, like, when you said that that was one of your favorites, I was like, who are you? I literally wrote in my (laughs) notes, very cute, very middle grade. Okay, but it was... (laughs) No, I agree, though, because we don't really get stuff like that all the time. Like, it's a queer romance. It's all about, like, this romance. Like, it, it is very cute. Yeah. I agree. That's it was all very I have nice. to say. Yes. You summed it up good. 
Um, I will say in the Hoth section, that probably also has my least favorite story out of the book, um, which you also agreed was pretty weird, and that is the Delilah Dawson story. Yeah, that made me feel not good. No. Yeah, it's about the Tauntaun that Han slices open, and it just made me feel really weird. Yeah, but also the other Tauntaun who is... Are we going spoilers? Yeah. No, we Uh, won't won't spoil. We won't spoil. Okay, Okay. yeah. There's some things that I didn't like about the story. She added added some unnecessary details Details. that just made things Mm -hmm. a little yikes. Those details, without those details, I think I would have been more okay with the story, but there were some very specific things that it was like, well, but why would you say that? Yeah, because I, I was actually kind of enjoying it for, like, a little while, because, like, I liked mm-hmm. that a lot of the stories in this book are from a female perspective, so I did think it was interesting, like, learning about the Tauntauns, and, like, the they're, like, a matriarch, and blah, 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 mm-hmm. and that was cute, but then, like, as the story went on, it just kept getting more and more yikes, and then I remember specifically, like, the way it ends off, I was like, mm, don't like that, okay, thanks, moving on now. <laughs> But we'll probably talk about this book um, more and more in the next few episodes as Alex reads more of it. Um, I would definitely recommend picking it up, though, if you want to skip around and read um, certain ones here and there. I direct all of my favorites on Twitter and then also on my YouTube channel as well. So there is a list of that if you are interested. But the other thing that we got was the Lego Holiday Special. It was really, really fun. There were some things that bugged me but for the most part it was just like a fun tv special Mm. um i don't know why leia and padme weren't in it or hera there were no women (laughs) um but i mean specifically i'm saying specifically leia and padme because they did like cover those trilogies Mm -hmm. um we i don't think we saw any rebels characters no and, like, no resistance, like, paid dust. Um, Rose Tico, who was supposed to be, like, the, the hero, hero <laughs> the hero of the holiday special, d- did not really do anything. Like, no. I mean, she got more screen time than The Rise of Skywalker, but that's not saying a lot. No, I, I agree. I think it was fun for what it was. And it was, exact- it was exactly what I was expecting it to be. Like, Legos isn't canon. It's its own canon. And it just kind of, like pokes fun at things so it did like exactly what I was expecting it to do and I really enjoyed like the life day stuff on the falcon I think that was fun I liked Vader (laughs) Vader was really funny (laughs) he was just adorable um and like I agree like the fangirl Ray stuff irritated me but like I was I was expecting it and like and the other thing is like um Ray just, like, never gets to be, like, happy. No, she doesn't. Never. Um, (laughs) I was, like, hoping to see her just, like, have fun with her friends this episode, but that didn't happen. She was just anxious and, like, upset about letting people down. And They they did throw in, too, a very nice, um, like, when Ray says, like, Ben, and, like, you can tell that, like, things were happening, but, like, that was it, because then they just fight. Yeah, that was... (laughs) I, I do I do like that split second moment. 
Yeah. It was it was definitely like being thrown a bone, but I was like okay with it because it's Legos. So I was like, whatever. Um, like ultimately, this obviously isn't post-tross canon. Like, if we get anything post-tross, it's not gonna be so after the events of the Lego holiday special, you know? <laughs> but it was cute, and I liked all of the um original holiday special references, and like you get to see uh grandpa. Itchy, it, oh God, <laughs> itchy in his special time. Uh, oh. So it was interesting. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some people say that like this is like gonna be a tradition for them. I don't think it would be a tradition for me, but I am glad I watched it because it was good for yeah, a laugh. It doesn't feel like a Christmas special that I'm gonna revisit every year. So I think with that, we are ready to get into our discussion of The Mandalorian. We have chapters 11 and 12, and we are going to be going into spoilers. So if you don't want to be spoiled, then it's okay. We can go ahead. You can you can skip out. It's fine. Um, and then also, just another reminder, Gina Carano is in episode 12. We're probably not going to talk about her too much because, like, plot things did happen yeah. in that. I mean, honestly, like like... She doesn't really need to be mentioned. Not really, yeah. And I've also seen, like, you know, if you wanted to skip that episode over because she's in it, like, we're going to tell you what happened, so. Mm-hmm. So, chapter 11, The Heiress. This was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, which you knew, like, immediately. Yeah, I just, like, um, I wake up really early to watch these, and I was watching this episode, and within, like, five minutes... I was like, this feels like Bryce. Like, just, mm-hmm. like, the way it was shot, like, reminded me so much of uh, Chapter 4. And, like, I mean, I didn't know. Like, I didn't spoil myself because I wanted to see, like, who it, who it was at the end. But, oh, man. Like, I, like, she has this way of, like, showing scale that's mm-hmm. really interesting. The, the placement of the camera, like, she'll go really low to sh- make things look bigger than they actually are. And um, someone else on Twitter pointed out that she, the way she sets up shots is, like, kind of storytelling. Like, she'll, like, the order she shoots things is really interesting. Um, But I'm sure a lot of people have some really cool things to say about that. Yeah, I mean, I would say I always notice how she treats her characters. Like, Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a feeling. Like, I, I remember with, like, episode four, it feels very, like, intimate with the characters. Mm-hmm. And I think you kind of feel it again here. Um, obviously, we do get some some new faces, which we'll talk about. But, like, you know, right off the bat, like, the care that she gives to Frog Lady reuniting yeah. with her husband. <laughs> like, this I- is... Top I don't 10 even Star Wars think, moments. I was going to say, I don't even think I'm being overdramatic when I say, like, how much I love this moment. And that so much. is, like, one of my favorite things to ever happen in Star Wars. Like, yes. Like, I'm, like, there's the hand touch in TLJ, and then there's the, the frog husband and wife reuniting. Like, <laughs> the sound Same she level. Makes. Same the, level. The squeal when she sees him, her whole face lights up. Just, and they, like, they do the thing where, like, they, they hug and, like, fall on the ground. It's like so good. And he, like, caresses so her good. face. Oh, it was so sweet. It's like, and, like, find someone who loves you as much as the frog husband and wife love yes, each other. Yes, yes. Like, they're probably, like, the best Star Wars couple. 
like new OTP. Yeah, OTP. And I just love like too. They're just speaking Frog, like, in the subtitles. Like, we don't know what they're saying. But, like, you can tell that, like, Frog Husband is, like, so grateful to Mando for, like, bringing her home. Like, I just, oh, this was so cute. So goals. So goals. Uh, Episode's done. That's all we had to talk about because, like, Mando peaked. Like, Star Wars peaked. Yeah, Star Wars peaked. Literally nothing else of importance happened in this episode, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We also got sweaters in Star Wars. Oh, Yeah. Moncala sweater boy. Sweater boy. It was very cute. What did you think of like Trask as a whole? Because like this is kind of like a fishing planet, so that's kind of how the sweaters come in. It's um, it's definitely an aesthetic that like I never really expected to see because we see um the Colossus and like um that kind of like. God, could you imagine if they had sweaters on the Colossus? But it's so much cleaner. Like, it's so clear Mm -hmm. to me that the Colossus was in, like, warm air. Mm -hmm. Like, warmer, at least. Like, I feel like the Colossus was on a warmer climate, but there was maybe a nice breeze going on. So that's why a lot of people wore, like, flight jackets around deck. And, I mean, it's cheaper to have one build, too. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... But yeah, I get the sense that Trask is cold. It's like Maine um, in the fall. Yeah, that's exactly what it made me think of. Was like, like they they go out on like yeah. a lobster esque boat, you know? Yeah, and like, and the Colossus is more like, I don't know, like Georgia on the coast. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. You know what this planet really made me think of. That episode from Monsterland with the mermaid. Yeah. I just got so many vibes from that. Like all and the I was netting like, and stuff. Yeah, all the netting and like. And the colors, like the. The tentacles. The tentacles, yeah. Star Wars loves its tentacles. Like we had an episode all about eggs and then like the very next one was all about tentacles. <laughs> it was just great. I I was glad that we got to see this kind of planet with Star Wars because it just, it felt very different. I don't think we've ever Mm -hmm. seen something like this before. So before we get into um, the actual big things that happened, I do want to talk about the Mandalorian leaving Baby Yoda with the frog couple. Yeah, okay. Like, like, okay, because like, you know, we had the big upset with, Um, baby Yoda eating the eggs which I think Mm -hmm. has been blown to this huge scale by now Um, but he leaves him with the frog couple and we see that they have a little baby tadpole and yeah yes and I I just think that baby did such a good job like he's given him a little bath and like all happy and it just like (laughs) it was so cute it was so wholesome it's so convenient that Mando finds a babysitter on, like, every planet. <laughs> I do like that um, in this episode, like, he did that on purpose. Like, he wanted to leave him there, but then in, like, the next one, he didn't want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> it was so typical dad. I was just, it was very, very cute. So I think we are ready to talk about the big reveal that we got in this episode. Well, mm-hmm. one of the big reveals. Um, and that is Bo-Katan and the Night Owls. Um, I think we both saw this coming, or, yeah. I mean, I we were talking about it for a couple weeks. Well, when it when this episode was called The Heiress, like, that kind of yeah. confirmed it. Heiress to Mandalore. Yes, yes. So what did you think about seeing Bo-Katan? I screamed, I screamed. <laughs> like, 
I think I woke up all my neighbors. I, like, even, it's like, you know, the Pikachu, like, surprise meme. It's like, for weeks I've been saying, okay, she's coming. She's Bokatan. We're going to see Bokatan. Mm-hmm. And then it actually happens, and it's, like, Pikachu surprise. Like, it's actually her. I was very into it. Like, the second she lands on that boat to rescue them, you know, like, you recognize her armor immediately, and it's just, it's so, yeah. it felt I really think it cool. Was, I think it was a perfect introduction in the sense, like, it didn't feel forced. Like, mm-hmm. like it felt, like, natural that, like, these random men, Lorians, just, like, showed up out of nowhere and started, like, it was, like, right in the middle of a fight, basically, like, rescuing them. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't, like, an awkward, like, oh, yeah, like, like Cobb Vance intro fit for him, but an intro like that for Bokaton would have felt, like, unnatural, I feel like. Yeah, I, well, like, I think it just worked because... You see Casca, which is one of the other Mandalorians, mm-hmm. see Mando at the very yeah. beginning. So clearly they were probably, like, tailing him. And when they saw that, like, he was being attacked, they just, you know, jump right in and help him. And it just, it made so much sense. And, like, honestly, the way Bryce Dallas Howard framed the shot when Bo-Katan leans in and, like, helps him up... And it parallels so perfectly when yeah. Death Watch saved Baby Din <laughs> from mm-hmm. the from the first season. Like I really, really liked that. You know what it actually makes me surprised because I mentioned this I think at the end of last season that I thought that potentially this season they would do the same thing with like these flashbacks that they keep adding information into with like mm-hmm. a new memory. But I'm I'm surprised they haven't done that. Yeah, we really haven't gotten a lot about Mando's past as much, Mm -hmm. but I'm kind of starting to think that going forward, we're going to start to see him have kind of a bit of an identity crisis. Like, I think we're going to have to see him reconcile with how he was raised versus these, like, actual Mandalorians, you know? Because he's immediately, you know, taken aback when... Bo-Katan, um, Axe, and Casca take off their helmets because that's that's not how you do things. Like, that's not the way. Um, and she reveals that that means that Mando is a child of the Watch, which is a um, group, it's a religious cult that broke away to reestablish the ancient way. And I, I've been thinking a lot about this. So, like, because he, he was taken in by Death Watch. Like, we saw that that yeah. sigil. So is this another sect of Death Watch? Or, like, how did... Yeah, it must be. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, bo was part of Death Watch, and they, you know, they wanted to restore, like, the warrior way, and yeah. she did kind of break away from it, but... But I'm, I'm trying to think timeline-wise, like, could Death Watch have evolved into what we see now yeah that's kind of what i'm wondering like is this Mm -hmm. just is this still death watch or is this like you know did they evolve to become even more extreme or they evolved in some kind of way like it's gonna tie in somehow like i i really feel like bo-katan has the answers that din is going to be asking himself um and I, i hope that we get to see 
that kind of explanation. Kind of on the the same thing with that. So Bo-Katan tells us that she is the last of her line. Um, which what does has, that mean? Yeah, a lot of people have been asking, where's our quirky boy? <laughs> <laughs> and you, so um, our friend Brad from Friends of the Force has a pretty good theory about what happened to Quirky, which I, I agree with. Yeah, like that um, Gideon killed Quirky with the Darksaber, like when he was getting it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that fits, and it... I would like to see that flashback. Yeah, I would like to see that flashback. It adds, like, another layer onto it. And, you know, we don't know that Quirky is (laughs) Satine's son, but, like... we do. But he is, though. (laughs) Like, like, listen. And and here's the other thing. Like, we wouldn't be lipstick and lightsabers without bringing up Tom Holland. So... (laughs) He is the perfect Quirky, okay? Just saying, if there was a flashback... Tom would be the right age to play Corky. <laughs> and I'm it, just saying. If it wasn't Tom, though, I would be pretty disappointed. <laughs> but just, yeah, like, I, I want this. With the, like, with the John Favreau connection, like, why wouldn't it be Tom? Yeah, it makes sense. Like, they just yeah. give him a call and just be like, hey, we're just gonna, like, shoot this one scene with you. It's like, is that cool? And Tom would be, like, on it. It's like, all right, let me just finish my tea. I'll come right over. I drink yeah. tea, darling. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's it's just, oh, it's so good. I It does make me wonder, though. So within, like, you know, our Mandalorian, we know that, like, the Mandalorians that he knows are, like, all in hiding and they don't show their faces. So, like, clearly he's been working within, like, the network of the children of the Watch. So... If Bo-Katan is still here and, you know, she is trying to figure out a way to retake Mandalore, like, that, you know, brings to mind that there must be other Mandalorians following her. So do we have kind of, like, a two-group thing that just they aren't interacting with each other at all? Like, what's what's kind of going on here? Yeah, because, like, I, I get the sense that, yeah, I, I definitely think that. Because we see in season one, like... Death Watch is, like, underground. So that, yeah, so, like, other Mandalorians are, like, hanging around. And um, Din Djarin says, like, you know, there's... He thinks it's ridiculous to try to take back Mandalore. Like, it's a death trap, you know. And Bo-Katan is so determined to take it back. And in this episode, like, it's pretty clear that, like, their their goals don't align. Like, Din Djarin just wants to take the child to, you know, this, to the Jedi to, you know, fulfill his quest, whatever. But their paths are going to cross again because Moff Gideon is looking for baby Yoda. Obviously, he's going to cross paths mm-hmm. again with Mando. And Bo-Katan needs the Darksaber to take back Mandalore and Moff Gideon still has it. Yes. So do you think that we'll see her again this season? I think so. I, I think... Like, near the finale. Yeah. I, I don't think... I think, like, maybe this season's gonna end with this question of, like, what does Mando do now? I, I have a feeling that he's going to... You know, he's trying to take Baby Yoda to, like, his quote-unquote people. And I think he's gonna find that... There isn't really anywhere for him to go. Like, they they kind of are a family now. Like, he doesn't know how to help him. 
But I also think that he's going to be going through, like, this turmoil of, like, who am I? Like, these Mandalorians are doing this thing, but I was raised, like, in this one way. And I think it's going to culminate with him deciding to help Bo-Katan. I don't know how they get there, but I have a feeling that, like, this season's going to end with that. And then maybe Mm -hmm. the next season is retaking Mandalore. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's how they would do it, but, like, that kind of makes sense logically for me. Yeah. So, like, why didn't um, Din and Bo-Katan, like, exchange phone numbers? Like, I feel like they'd be useful for each other. I don't think, I don't think he likes her. I think he make. I think she makes him uncomfortable. Because <laughs> he, you know, he's been told his whole life, you know, like, you are not a Mandalorian if you remove your helmet. And here is Bo-Katan, who is the lost, you know, ruler of Mandalore. And I don't think he knows how to process that. So he just wants to get away and go back to what he knows and, you know, do this. But obviously when he gets to wherever he's going, he's going to be faced again with, like, it's not that easy. It's not that cut and dry to just keep running away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to talk about Bo-Katan for a minute because she is amazing. She is a boss in this episode. Katie Sackhoff is a boss. Oh, she did so good. Yeah. Like, she, yeah. her attitude and everything, it was just perfect. perfect. Like, the way, oh. like, she just, like, stood. Yes. The way she talked to everybody, like, she was in charge. Yeah. And I, I just feel like Armando was just, he just couldn't handle it. <laughs> he just didn't know what to do. <laughs> I I love... I loved seeing Casca. I loved her her braids. They were really cool. I liked Axe. He was cool. Um, I really want Cobb Vanth to come back and to join Bo-Katan's harem. Uh, lipstick and lightsaber ship Cobb Vanth Cobb and Bo-Katan. And Bo-Katan, even though they haven't met. Though, <laughs> if, like, if the finale is going to come down to, like, I think, I think I saw Tori, like, post something about... About, like, a gang up to, like, get Gideon. Mm-hmm. Like, if Cobb comes back to help Mando and Bo is there, then they'll finally meet. Yes. All yes. our dreams will come true. Yes. I just, I want it to happen. And we're going to keep our fingers crossed that it does. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one big thing. The other big thing that happened in this was the big name drop that we got, and that is um, when Mando finishes helping Bo-Katan, because she was on this planet um, trying to get some weapons to retake Mandalore. Uh, In exchange, she tells him where he can find Jedi, and she sends him to the forest planet of Corvus, where he will find Ahsoka Tano. What did you think about hearing her name? Um, I cringed. I, I cringed a little bit, too. Um, I kind of wish that they kept it a mystery. Like, yeah. she said, like, oh, there's the, the person you're looking for is on the forest planet of Corvus, like, and not name drop. Yeah. I think I would have had a different reaction if it hadn't have leaked that Ahsoka was in this season. Yeah. Because when I heard that, I just didn't believe it. Um, same with Boba Fett, though. I didn't believe that either. Um, and since that's kind of leaked, I'm kind of like, oh, okay. And, like, I'm a little bit worried how they're going to execute it. Yeah. 
I want to be excited. Like, I I want nothing more than to be excited to see a live-action Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Like, ideally, that's, that's how I would be feeling right now. But I just, like, with the rumors of, like, is it, I don't know if it's rumored or it's confirmed casting, but with that, it just, like, it looms over me. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I, I hope they understand that, like, if they you know, break the Ahsoka character, like, yeah. that's gonna be it, you know? Because mm-hmm. she's such a beloved character. Like, I, I just, mm-hmm. I get really worried with how they're gonna handle it. Like, and it, I mean, it is Dave Filoni, and, like, I wouldn't want anybody to do Ahsoka other than Dave Filoni, but I just worry. Part of me does wonder if he's gonna, if he's gonna show up there and she's gonna be gone. Mm, maybe. I was going to say I'm more worried about a certain actress playing her than yes. the execution. Yeah. Because like like you said, I do trust Dave. I, I think she, she will be there mm-hmm. because Dave is slotted to be directing. Mm-hmm. I think we will see her. I'm just wary of the actress more than the execution at this point. Yeah, I am very wary of the actress as well. I don't. I don't agree with that casting. I think it's strange. Part of me is still hoping that maybe that part of the rumor wasn't true, but everything else has been, so... Yeah. It, it brings up a lot of questions for me about, like, you know, the last time we saw Ahsoka, she was going with Sabine to find Ezra, and I was kind of hoping that, like, we wouldn't see either of them again until they decided to tell that story. Yes. So I'm a little... I'm a little worried about, like, story-wise what they're going to set up, but, like, oh I want to be excited. I, just, I I don't want them to refer to that story. I don't either. Like, I I, I worry, and I, I hate that, like, I'm worried, but I'm not I sure. Think, I think the worry also comes with all the issues we've had with this season of Mando. Yes. And maybe the distress that Tross gave us also. Yeah, I think Tross is definitely a root of a lot of distress. Um, I will say when it comes to, like, casual viewing, because that was one thing with the first season. Like, the first season, I would say, is, like, so welcoming to casual viewers, you know, or, like, if you're a new Mm -hmm. viewer or anything. I will say with this episode, like, I watched this with my mom, and she has seen all of Star Wars with me. But she doesn't, you know, like, go in-depth or look up theories or anything like that. So she didn't know who Bo-Katan was. She recognized her from me watching Rebels, but she mm-hmm. didn't know who she was. Um, and she didn't... I had to remind her kind of, like, of the Darksaber and all of that. And she also didn't recognize Ahsoka Tano's name. Um, so, like, I think it's interesting to think about it from, like, a new viewer standpoint or, like, a casual yeah. fan like, what they make of this stuff. Did she enjoy this episode less? I mean, she liked it. Um, She really liked Bo-Katan. She thought she was really cool. She just didn't know who she was. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, they do explain in this episode, and, like, I made sure to, like, listen when I was watching, like, they explain that Bo-Katan is, like, the ruler of Mandalore, like, of this planet. So I think, like, Mm -hmm. if you didn't know who she was or hadn't seen anything you still understand that, like, she's trying to retake this planet and that she's different mm-hmm. from, like, the Mandalorians we've seen on this show. Um, 
my mom just didn't have like the background information and or like that initial excitement of like seeing the armor or any of that kind of stuff. So is there anything else you want to talk about with um, chapter 11? No, I, I feel like it was the first chapter. Well, I really, I really got to just enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. I really um, got to see Baby Yoda redeem himself a bit with the egg stuff, mm-hmm. which was really nice. Um, frog wife and and husband are the purest, amazing so cute. thing I've ever so seen. Cute. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really great episode. It is a good episode. I I definitely think it's kind of, I think with the first one, there was some like, you know, growing pains just in that we were shifting from one season to another. Yeah. And then we did have a lot of drama with the second episode. And now with this one, I feel like it's getting a little bit more settled. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I, Cobb Vanth, though, that first episode, Cobb Vanth. (laughs) I mean, yes. He is, he is my Boba Fett. Is, oh like, my god. Okay. Like, <laughs> I just, I, I find myself, like, watching these fan cams of him, and just, they're so enjoyable. They're just so good. I'm like, wow, the <laughs> Boba Fett armor is, like, actually really cool. <laughs> oh my god. Who are like, we? I know. <laughs> All right, so moving into Chapter 12, The Siege. This one was directed by Carl Weathers, which we knew beforehand going mm-hmm. into this one. So I think that's also why a lot of us knew that this this was going to be the Gina episode, too. Yeah, this was returning to Navarro. So we didn't talk about this, but Mando's ship is, like, just barely hanging yeah. on. Um, well, because the... Um, he paid uh, Sweater Kala to repair it, but they only used, like, materials that they had on the wharf, and it was not very good. No, it was not very good. So, like, Amanda's like, we cannot get to Corvus like this. We're going to stop off where I actually know people to have this fixed. So they go back to Navarro, which means that we do see um, Cara Dune again. We do see um, Grief Karga again. And let me say, like... I really loved Grief in this episode. Like, he was just living his best life. I also really liked, you know, we return to Navarro and we see that they've, like, restored it. They've completely cleaned it up. They've turned it back into, you know, a haven. And people are thriving in the city now. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed, like, the world building of that. Just, like, seeing yeah, how gonna, the town we're gonna looked. Get, we're going to get to how the town changed. I'm, like, waiting for you. I'm waiting for you to, to mention... That it looks like Galaxy's Edge? Well, I was or the school. the school. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, the outside looks a lot like Galaxy's Edge, just, like, with the, the, pe- the banners and everything. Mm-hmm. But, yes, one big thing has changed, and that there is now a school. And this school is the <laughs> cutest thing I've ever seen. I... My reaction to this school, I could not believe it. I was so happy. It's the cutest thing. So happy. Like, they're learning about trade routes from, like, a protocol droid and, like, seeing all these kids. Yes, their hairstyles and their outfits. It was just so cute. I loved it so, so much. (laughs) 
This is also the second time this season they've talked about a school because Cobb Vance talked about a school as well. Um, And that's just, it's just cute. It's just really adorable. You know what I was thinking like when I was watching this scene was like, are these kids going to become stormtroopers? Oh my god, don't say that. Yeah. No, and, and the same for the school that Cobb Vanth mentioned. Like, are like those ki- those kids are gonna be the probably the ones that are taken by the first order. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. Don't say that. Ow, no, I mean, I'm but sad. It's, it's true. It is true though. Because they do start like, taking They kids. are gonna be those those kids are gonna be adults, like in the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they they do get rid of... So in this episode, they do get rid of the Empire presence on this planet. That doesn't mean that they don't come back, but mm-hmm. that is really sad to think about. Thank you for that, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, anyway, uh, we get to see Mando being a amazing dad. He doesn't want to leave baby on his first day at school. It is so precious. <laughs> He's so cute. Oh, we didn't even talk about it at the beginning of this episode with Baby Yoda fixing the wires. Oh my gosh, he was playing among us. He was playing among us. Like, listen, Mando is so dad in this episode. <laughs> and I really love it. Like, you can tell that Carl Weathers, like, is obsessed with Baby Yoda because he gave him so much to do in this. <laughs> Just fixing the wires, stealing the cookies, like... Oh, man. And you bought some. Yeah, I bought macarons that evening. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like macaron sales went up, like, exponentially. Yes, I, I agree. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I really loved, like, the entire beginning of this episode. It was just, it was so cute. It was so joyful. Um, but we do find out that, you know, Grief Cargo is wanting this to be a haven. Like, they could become like, a trade anchor for, yeah. like, that sector. Um, if they are able to to root out the rest of the Empire that's on this planet. And they have one stronghold left um, that they are going to break into. Um, that's what the siege is. And we find out that this isn't just any kind of compound. This is a lab. For what? That is the question, isn't it? <laughs> Camino cloning of some sort. Yes. Um, we do see what could be Pickle Snokes. Yes. So Failed failed Palpatine clones. Failed Palpatine clones, yes. So I want you to kinda to, to tell me about this because you called you called what Baby Yoda was for from like season one. You explained this to me. Yeah. Well, like, I feel like immediately when we saw, I think it was like chapter three or something with the scientist where he was like extracting something from the baby. And I was like, he is taking midichlorians because like, how else are they going to bring Palpatine back in, in Tross? Because this is before Tross at this point. Um, Like, I like, I mean, like there's different theories right now for this episode, but I'm still in the camp that like, this is for Palpatine. Like, potentially, like, how they're going to bring him back. Um, But then there's, like, other stuff, too, that happens. Yeah, so at the end of this episode, um, I still want to talk about the lab stuff, but just to get into the other Mm -hmm. theories, at the end of this episode, we see what kind of, like, when I asked my mom what she thought they were, she said that they looked like Darth Vader's, 
like more Darth Vaders. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and like to me, they kind of looked like the black Death Troopers. Yeah. Um, but they're I, um, they're called Dark Troopers. Well, if if that's what they are, I, I've seen a theory mm-hmm. that those are Phase Zero Dark Troopers, which mm-hmm. are um, they're actually from Legends. They were clones that they um, made into cyborgs to like make them more efficient. Um, yeah, because like um, clones die young, right? Like mm-hmm. they have like a fast um, growth, so that would mean that they would have to become cyborg to keep them alive. Yeah, which I when I heard that I was kind of surprised that we hadn't seen that happen yet. Like just just because we have vader you know like we know that they have the technology yeah. so i was, I was kind of surprised we haven't seen the empire do something it's, it's, like that what's weird is that like why weren't the sith troopers this yeah <laughs> like <laughs> the children of the sith like I, I, yeah like i realized that like the sith troopers were made to sell toys but like yeah no i agree i agree they could have been this and that would have been much cooler Um, because now the question is, you know, are those things floating in the tanks, are they Palpatine clones or are they this? Because the scientists, they they find like a, a message from the scientist. He was trying, he was, you know, talking to Moff Gideon and he's talking about volunteers, um, and like it, you know, the blood being compatible and all that kind of stuff. Cause I, I get the feeling that like with Palpatine, you probably i don't know how you grow a clone but i feel like it's not from like a volunteer (laughs) so i'm like what are these people volunteering for so it could be that they're trying to give the they're trying to give individuals the force maybe by injecting them with metachlorians Mm -hmm. i'm not sure i'm i'm really interested in that though it's confusing because like, you would think this has been done before. Like, this mm-hmm. is probably a whole science. Yeah. In, like, the world of Star Wars. Because there have been Force users for generations and generations. Like, this has to have been something that has been tried before. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, like, they're using Baby Yoda because he, his midichlorians are so high. Mm-hmm. But, like theoretically like if this thing is actually working like it should also work with someone who has a lower medical rank count yeah and like i could kind of see where like palpatine wouldn't want to do this because he you know he killed all the jedi so that nobody would oppose him you know like Mm -hmm. it he doesn't want there to be strong force users out there because they would you know harm him in some way um but i could see where like, this is a project that, like, the Empire would want to do to have, yeah. you know, force-capable um, stormtroopers. And, like, if that's what they're doing, like, I'm really... And that's really cool. And I'm like, why didn't this come back into it with draws? Because, <laughs> you know, basically, maybe like... We'll see, maybe we'll see this in High Republic or something. I, I have a feeling, yeah, like, that could be how it's tied in. Um, Because at the end of the day, you know, all of this is, like, we still have Imperial remnants, but at the end of the day, like, until the First Order, like, emerges, like, 
yeah. you know, there's not like a big galactic threat. So like if this stuff is going on, it's kind of, it kind of makes me wonder like, okay, but like what's mm-hmm. happening with the First Order? Because, it, like, it makes no you know, sense that these these troopers were not in trust because like the imagery of of Tross being like this dead fleet and having like basically zombie stormtroopers would have been so perfect. That would have been really cool. I also like the idea of like if they weren't cyborgs, like if they were instead like being injected with the force, you know, they had that whole arc with like Finn, you know, finding out about the force and like Janna and like all that kind of stuff to see them like turn against like this army that had been like corrupted in this way. Like that would have been really cool too. Mm-hmm. I just like, I, I want to know where this is going. I want to learn more about this. I want to see the scientist again. Cause I feel like he is not evil. I feel like he's just a scientist doing science. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have so many questions. So from that, um, they blow up the space. It's gone now. They were destroying the data before yeah. they even destroyed the space. Um, but clearly, like, this project is going on in other places, most likely. Um, we see Moff Gideon at the end. Um, we find out that they've planted a tracker on the Razor Crest. So Moff Gideon is mm-hmm. coming after um, Mando. Do you think we're going to see that come to a head in the next episode or do you think that's going to be no. kind of more of a long game long game yeah Gideon is a long gamer he is a long gamer Gideon is calculated not in the same way Thrawn is um but he is calculated and he knows like when to sit back and wait and when to like make his move mm-hmm. so I guess like I was wondering if he shows up when we see Ahsoka, because Ahsoka would know what the Darksaber is, you know? Um, And that would bring, like, Bo-Katan back into it. And that would, like, give Din this question of, like, like, common enemy. Is Ahsoka not too powerful for Gideon, though? Yeah, I... like. That's 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 the only thing for me. Yeah, that does bring in the... Like, I don't know what they're gonna do with her at all like i i have so many questions about that like is she like a bendu now and she just doesn't yeah i mean she's not gonna take baby yoda like she's gonna be like yeah. old man luke you know like this isn't my problem dude yeah. <laughs> so like i just i have so many questions and i don't know i have no idea where it's gonna go there i feel like there's a lot of different avenues for it but i i have no idea i keep just picturing like Dagobah like I I just like picture Dagobah and I'm like no like they're not going to do that like it's not going to be swampy necessarily like what is like Dave going to do to like connect this to like Lord of the Rings or something (laughs) that's like I think that's my thought process is that I want to see these trees like use the uh force (laughs) like sing with the force and I feel like Corvus I, ha- I have a feeling there's something special about Corvus. Like, there's, like, you know how, like, Exegol's, like, a virgins in the force or whatever? Mm-hmm. I just, I feel like the same with Corvus. Like, I just have a weird feeling. No, I, I agree with you. I think there's going to be something mystical about this place. And, like, I'm ready for, like, weird mystical Star Wars. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm totally ready for that. 
there's been so many mentions lately with canon about like the force and trees um so anytime we enter into a forest i i'm always like aware of that so well, i'm that just and like and dave's connection with like narnia and everything mm-hmm. and the woods like it's i'm looking is ahsoka gonna be the witch in the woods I want to be a witch in the woods. I just want to be a witch in the woods and eat the hearts of men. Yes. (laughs) And if if Ahsoka is living that life, then, like, goals. (laughs) Like, good for her. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, we're just going to have to wait and find out. Like, I I have no idea where we're going. Like, I, I keep thinking back to the first episode with that Boba Fett reveal. And, like, I feel like we've gone... We've, we've moved on so far from that. Like, I don't even know. Yeah, like, I, like, you mentioned Boba Fett today, and I was like, oh, yeah, he was in it. Yeah, right? Like, I, I have, <laughs> I'm like, was he just a cameo? Well, I mean, we, okay, in season one, in, in chapter five, we get, like, his boots or whatever. Yeah, he saved and then we Finnick just Shand. And then we, and then we see his face randomly in this season, and is that, like, all we're gonna get? Because, like, Well, like, that's the question. Like, is it, are we building... To something with him? Are we building to something with retaking Mandalore? Are we building to something with Ahsoka? Like, there's so many directions yeah. that this could go. I feel like it's getting, which like that's kind of like what you want. Like as a as a show progressives, like you yeah. you want it to kind of expand beyond like just this Mandalorian and this kid. You know, like they're still at the heart of it, but like so many things yeah. are happening around them now. I- I almost feel like we're not going to see Boba Fett again this season. <laughs> I don't think we are either. <laughs> like, I, I just, I I'm, I'm trying to piece together how he's even going to, like, fit in, and I'm like, I just... I don't I know. See it. Like, it could just be, like, that's a thread that they place down and they're going to, like, explore that in comics or something? Like, I have no idea. It, it definitely... Yeah. I feel like we... This season has been a lot of, like, possibilities, whereas I feel like the first season, it was very, like, um, straightforward, like, narratively. I feel like with this one, like, there's so many directions that they could go, and we just haven't seen how they all connect yet. Next episode, most likely, we're gonna see Ahsoka. Unless they're, like, unless that's, like, the end goal for this season. Dave, Dave, it's gonna be next episode. Like, they're not going to give Ahsoka to someone else. No, I don't think they would either. Um, I just wonder if, like... I guess I, I'm, I'm still thinking about, like, season finale, I guess. Because, like, when I when I remember back to, like, the first season, like, this would have been, like, our Sanctuary episode. But I feel mm-hmm. like we haven't gotten that quite yet. Like, we haven't had, like, a, yeah. a connective arc quite yet. Um, and I'm just wondering when that's going to come. I feel weird about the fact that, like, we're probably going to hear, like, a very different voice out of Ahsoka than we're used to. Yes. Yeah, because Ashley has voiced Ahsoka in everything. And Ashley has also, like, changed Ahsoka's voice as she's gotten older, too. Like, Mm -hmm. the the voice that she uses in Rebels is definitely, like, deeper than the one she uses in Clone Wars. And, like, that doesn't go unnoticed. And, like, so her voice would be similar to the one in Rebels. And... If it's the actress that is rumored, like, she doesn't sound like Ashley at all. I mean, we haven't heard anything about this, but, I mean, like, with Solo, when they did Maul, he was yeah. two people. 
But, I mean, we haven't heard anything about that. And that doesn't necessarily mean anything because we didn't hear anything about season one. But I I do wonder if they would voice over Ashley Eckstein for that. But I don't know. So next time, um, we will be covering chapters 13 and 14, and we'll talk a little bit more about Empire from a certain point of view as well. Um, Like I said at the top of the show, if you would like to um, donate to some trans organizations, we are going to have links down in the description below. It would be really awesome if you could contribute to those if you are able to. If you want to keep the conversation going, you can always find us on Twitter at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon, and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.